myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And now here we are in September. We have been waiting for this all season. I always knew it'd be this way. Division's still up for grabs. And wildcard spots hanging in the balance. Can't wait to see how this all shakes out. Please let us find out who will win the division, who will take the last playoff spots, September Baseball. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me as always, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. It's going, man. Going. It's going. It's going. going. Happy September to you. Yeah. Seal yeah, exactly. Oh, I should have did that. Oh, you know what? We'll do that song next week. I, know, I thought that was going to be one. Uh, nah, but we're know, still in yeah, September, so we're still in September. So one of those shows, I'll try and uh, incorporate a little. See you in uh, see you in September. Now I decided to but I'll stand by Beach Boys. So, hey, 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 hey! Wrong there, right? It cannot go wrong there at all. Uh, yeah. boy, what a lot what going do, on here? Huh? Yeah, we got a lot going on. I mean, September baseball. Is upon us just what you said in your song, and with September baseball comes well some call ups. Call ups, uh, yeah, yeah. You got call ups so far. You get people making a push for or vying for the uh, well, trying to get a playoff bid, I should say. Yeah, yeah. well, but some early news, which would kind of be, I'm surprised this didn't happen in the off season, to be honest with you. But the Chicago White Sox hired their GM, which is now, weird. yeah, that is very weird. Well, maybe Jerry Reinsdorf because he's so old figured that he didn't know how much time he had left, so he had to hire <laughs> Sorry, age joke. Sorry, it's yeah. sorry. Um, sorry. <laughs> it was it was a weird. Uh, first off, I, let me just stay, go by stating that they might as well have hired Alavila because oh god yeah the guy they hired it doesn't really make any sense he must have blew them away in the interview and blew them under their desk afterwards because i don't understand so <laughs> blew them under their desk afterwards uh, they ended up hiring a guy who's actually not too far removed from being a player in the league he his name is Christopher Getz uh, okay. G-E-T-Z. Yeah, he, he last played for the Toronto Blue Jays in 2014. He's actually uh, a White Sox alum. I mean, he he, he started his career with the White Sox back in the 08-09 seasons. Okay. And essentially, he he's done a few things, right? Um, right. Okay, so in 2014, this is just straight wiki stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He was hired by the Kansas City Royals as their assistant to player development. So I guess that's his first intro into baseball afterlife after being a player. Now, uh, I I was wrong. So it sounds like just from me reading up here, okay. he um he worked with KC for a year or so. Then he went back to the Chicago White Sox under Rick Hahn and Ken Williams. 
Okay. And he, as their director of player development from 2017 to 2020, mm-hmm. right? And then mm-hmm. he was promoted to assistant general manager. So I guess my whole, yeah, he hasn't had any front office gigs. That is wrong. But the thing I kind of see a problem with this because I'm, I was setting it up for that is he's still a part of that old regime. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, they, they didn't completely take out the trash. Right. They just, uh, brought in they've rearranged the deck chairs and just moved somebody up yeah they took they took the two main guys at the top the captain yep. and the assistant captain yep. and they they threw them overboard and then they said okay we're going to hire the assistant of everybody mm-hmm. up yeah. here which i mean honestly this guy hasn't had too much i, I don't know how to say it I, I don't think he's had enough i always like to see a gm who or somebody within the front office who's had more outside jobs, right? Yep. I mean, he this guy's yep. only been with the Kansas City Royals and yeah, let's see and, a guy that's 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 been in major, you know, a- around the organizations in various capacities, like they know the ins and outs, right? Or or not only that, if they come from a win uh, organization that's winning, you know, a, a guaranteed winning organization, you know, poach someone from there. Yeah, that that's exactly that's it. Winning, you know? Yeah, that that's this guy knows all about losing. It seems like. So. Well, and it's weird. <laughs> well, okay, it's weird that we're talking about the White Sox in September to begin with, because right now they're theoretically out of postseason picture. Yeah, like they're twenty and a half games out of. First. Yeah, there's really no hope for them even to get a wild card. Yeah. Uh, you and I have also stated that it's it's been a failed re- rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> under the under the Rick Hahn, Ken Williams regime. But here's the thing. Now, I'm sure after Getz was hired, because most of the stuff I looked out, looked up for him. So he was just a player. There wasn't really a notability. And then obviously his little thing I'm looking at at Wiki, which is hilarious. Then it's like, well, he's worked with talented prospects like and then they start rattling off basically their top prospects in the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. You know, Luis Robert, you know, Mankata, Eloy Jimenez, Michael Kopech, Lu- Lucas Giolito. But and did Dylan he discover Cease. these guys? No. Well, he that's worked. the thing. Even <laughs> if he discovered them, right, it's a failed yeah. rebuild. It's None of these guys, exactly. maybe Luis Robert and maybe Dylan Cease, I still think there's hope for those two guys. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them, I, I think, are just used, just bad goods at this point, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, yep. These are guys that probably need to find a different uh, team, kind of like a, a a different environment for them to get in. Right. A new, you know, a new team might do them good, I, I think, for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that they stuck with Getz, who basically was in the same regime. And then they're still it sounds like that hire is two things. It's it's what's his name? Jerry Reisendorf, right? Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf. I can never say his last name right. So it's like Jerry Reinsdorf is basically saying, I like the direction we were going in. We need a guy that can stay the course, one. And two, I'm really too lazy to go and interview anybody else at this point. Uh, He hired Tony LaRusse as a uh, consultant. You know, I mean, that's that's saying something right there. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's they both wanted to they both missed their nap time and wanted to uh, just get the job done. Right. Well, maybe. I mean, that could be very well. I mean, I. We, we laugh, but maybe that's it. <laughs> I mean, they are both we an older laugh, guys. But perhaps. <laughs> maybe that was Reindorf being like Reinsdorf being like, I'm just like done, man. I'm just, I'm done, just done done yeah. doing this. And maybe it's I don't know. We we've talked in the last few shows before about the White Sox possibly moving. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is him kind of just bridging 
before he gets there, right? Maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe this isn't the true rebuild. Maybe this is just extending what they have until he can maybe move the team or get the the city to build him a new stadium. Right, right. And then then the rebuild will take place. I don't know why you would do that to a city, let alone your own team, if you want to make yeah. money. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. I, if I was an, uh, a White Sox fan, I'd be incredibly pissed off. Nothing against Chris Getz. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I just it, it's a gross hire. It's a hire yes. where I thought being a Tigers fan was Amazing very. Man. Yeah. I thought being a Tigers fan was like really sad, kind of man. And this guy's from Michigan, from Southfield, Michigan. Oh. Uh, this Christopher gets, but I thought the Tigers were in a bad situation after Avila. But I think Basically, the White Sox are in a worse because yeah. they were ready to supposedly win with this group. It didn't happen. Development really was not great. They ended up getting Larusa in, who kind of set them back. Mm-hmm. And now I think they're in a situation where they're just going to dig a deeper hole. Um, yeah. I was all in on the White Sox. Everybody, our listeners would know. From oh, yeah, your World know. Series uh, person. Well, for a couple times, right? A couple and, times, yeah. And not only do they not sniff the fart of a World Series, but right. they've dug their hole even deeper in this mm-hmm. rebuild, Steve. So I, I think this move is just, if I was a White Sox fan when this news came out, I would mm-hmm. be incredibly sad. And and you mentioned uh, player development or or lack thereof. Uh, we can't forget who ran player development from 2017 to 2020, right? Chris Getz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. He he's the supposedly the architect behind the team that we have. Not the architect, but he is one team of sucks. the architects behind what this team has. So yeah. the fact that he hasn't been able to develop many of these guys. I, I, just, I think it's a problem. I mean, mm-hmm. I, unless Jerry and, and the rest of the, who the ownership and, right. and everybody that's still in the front office really do believe the core they have is a legitimate group, but I haven't seen it. And it's been yeah. five years. I would say mm-hmm. that they had a chance to turn this around through all those great trades that they're supposedly great trades that they made. Right. Uh, at one time, they were the number one best farm system in all of baseball back in like 2017. Mm-hmm. And not only have they have came dramatically under the bar of what they supposedly raised, but they haven't shown us or White Sox fans that they're worth a shit to cheer for. So. Right, right. Yeah, swing and miss on this hire. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, big swing and miss. I just, it's, I, it's, Nice seeing that there is another team that's not doing great with their rebuild, but I can yeah. say with the Tigers, at least they have pieces that they're that are salvageable that mm-hmm. seem to be developing a little bit better. Yeah, uh, the jury's still out on a lot of them, but yeah, we can hang our hats that the Tigers aren't the White Sox and the Tigers aren't the Royals because who right. knows when the Royals are going to come out of that uh, cave right there. Yeah, and that's another one that I, I really can't understand. I mean, especially when you draft somebody like a Bobby Witt Jr. who could change your franchise. You could have tr- uh, traded Salvador Perez at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. There was just things you didn't do. You you went and kind of. I don't think you reached on Brady Singer when you drafted him early on, right, but right. it's he hasn't really provided much. Uh, it's just Jackson Cower hasn't done much. I mean, this their young guns aren't really coming to play, yep. uh, and they're not developing like we would have thought. So, not only is it looking bad for 
the that for those teams, but even the AL Central, that kind of hurts. Now, there is a couple prospects that are looking good. I mean, we can name them, of course, but one that I, I kind of am starting to see, we're finally seeing his potential is Royce Lewis from the Minnesota Twins. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I mean, two, what is he has two home run, two Grand, grand Slams in three Mr. games? Mr. Grand Slams in uh, uh, this, this past uh, few games, yeah. I mean, he's carrying a, a really good average. He's nope. betting at the top of the order. And I'm talking about in the three spot, one of the most important spots. And it was looking mm-hmm. dicey there with the Alex Kirilov wasn't really developing well. But mm-hmm. here's you, you got Royce Lewis, and he seems to be injecting some life into this ball club a little bit more. So yeah. and uh, the twins are gradually pulling away from the the pack and the that dismal AL Central. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, yeah. 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 They're. they're 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 starting to gel at the right time. Will I see them getting out of the wild card round? I don't think so. But uh, you know, because it's the worst division winner has to play in the wild card round. The top the right. two division winners with the best records get the bye until the division round. So all likelihood, I mean, we know it the twins are gonna be in the wild card round. Uh so we'll see what they can do against other competition. Yeah. Playing better. Yeah. Uh yeah, definitely better. But long story short, Christopher gets <laughs> yikes. Yikes. Speaking of yikes, uh, we have another arrest for Julio Urias, huh? Uh domestic uh domestic abuse again. I think this is multiple times now he's been arrested for this. So are is this a killer? Is this a career killer? It might be, man. I think this is like his second or third time at least that he's been arrested for this similar, you know, charge, right? Right. You know, domestic violence again. Yeah. I mean, well, in 2019, he got arrested. Okay. But it kind of came out that, you know, it was kind of a weird, kind of a weird trial. I mean, I kind of did a little bit of digging mm-hmm. in this. And uh, I, basically, I it, he did get arrested for domestic battery. But through the program and, and obviously with MLB's help, I think a lot of it was swept under the rug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. I mean, which is that is kind of disturbing because I feel like that happened to Marcelo Zuna and and some of these domestic cases where in the NFL, I mean, there's people that have lost careers because of domestic right. violence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that this has happened again to a guy who's done it before. Mm-hmm. Oof, um, I think it's kind of a career killer. I don't know how this one will stick or not. I mean, we've seen it in the past, right? Addison Russell. Yep. Uh, who was in, uh, well, um, yeah, there's just been, there's been other people that we've seen in baseball that it mm-hmm. didn't work. Starling Castro, I believe. Oh, I, yeah. I can't, I can't remember if exactly the details of that, but yeah, Julio Urias, man, that's, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, and, and furthermore, that puts the Dodgers, the Dodgers again behind the eight ball. for pitching. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, how do they dig themselves out of this hole? And it came out, I think, yesterday that Clayton Kershaw, oh, no. it, while he'll pitch through it, has been having shoulder problems. <laughs> he's, he, his shoulder is hurting as he pitches. I mean, he's he's playing with a hurt shoulder. Oh, geez. Yeah. Man, really could have used Eduardo Rodriguez. Huh? <laughs> I would, yeah, I, I think so. And especially now that I don't think Julio Urias is going back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Walker Bueller might be back this month, though. I heard that on the MLB network. He might be an option here. I heard that, too. But 
God, that's a tough one. It because is, especially at his age, if you rush him back and then he has an, a setback or something that sets right. him back another year or something like that. Right. Know? And what do you do with it? I, I, would you throw him in the pen to start? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Because he hasn't had any training at all. I mean, it was pretty much expected he wasn't going to pitch at all this year. And now it's now they're kind of forced into the situation. Do they bring him back or they just let him continue his uh, you know, trajectory of, you know, just taking his time on it, you know? Right. Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation to be in. The rest of the lineup is is amazing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's they're kind of a, a injury free team for the mm-hmm. most part, but yeah. you do have some injuries and you do have some problems within your rotation and your bullpen. Joe Kelly's mm-hmm. out for a couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Daniel Hudson's out. He's been out for a while. And then remember, Dustin May went down earlier this oh, yeah. year. Oh, I know he was on my my fantasy team. <laughs> and he was supposed to have a pretty big year, especially, and he was supposed to play a crucial role in that role in that rotation. Mm-hmm. And now with Julio Urias gone, I think Tony Gonslin mm-hmm. was supposed to be uh, kind of a big, you know, kind of a big yeah. deal for them. And not to say he's not, I mean, but now he's looking at when he does come back, he's looking at a guy. Well, when he does come back, it will be maybe next year or the end of next maybe, year. But yeah, Tony Gonslin's gone with Tommy John. The only one that they really have that's been kind of legit is Clayton Kershaw. But if he's battling and carrying that team on his back, I mean, the rest falls on a bunch of young guns and Lance Lynn. And yeah, I was going to say Bobby Miller, he's you know 24 and he doesn't right. really have the experience. But yeah, yeah. Lance Lynn. There we go. Yeah. And I, I remember they traded for Lance Lynn. They didn't think Lance Lynn would, would play this. He was supposed to be a back end guy. Right. But now right. Lance Lynn is seeing himself at the front of the rotation. Welcome, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which I'm sure he loves, but at the same time, that's I you don't put my winning hopes on Lance Lynn. So no. you got Kershaw, Lance Lynn, Bobby Miller, and then they brought up Emmett Sheehan and then Ryan Peepo, which that's their some of their top prospects, but just mm-hmm. you kind of hope that they kind of put that behind them, the the young prospect aspect, the the big lights and us right. being in the pros and kind of yep. just pitch like they've been yeah. veterans, even though they're not, yeah. but that's, that's expecting a lot right now. Yeah. But that's expecting yeah. a lot of these young guns. So saying that they're going to go into the postseason, I mean, if the postseason started today, which we're going to basically see this lineup or this rotation mm-hmm. in the place in the postseason, I don't really give the Dodgers good odds now. I mean, at the time, nope. at, at the time <laughs> with Julio Urias in there, I'm like, well, you got something. Right, right. But now that he's gone, Steve, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, they'll win the West. I have no doubt about that. But once they head in the playoffs, I, anything yeah. could happen. Well, that's it. And it always comes down to playoffs, no matter the sport. It's either, you know, it's baseball it comes down to pitching because yeah. you've seen it with our teams. When the Tigers would make a run, they had a potent offense. But yeah, so if you come up against a great pitching team, it can shut down any offense. And that's so, right. you know, it's going to be shaky here you know, with the Dodgers and their, their staff is on like one leg right now. Yeah. I mean, they need their young guns to come up and pitch. Well, it's going to have to happen that not only this season, but beyond this, because mm-hmm. I think this Julio Urias thing is going to stick with them, especially yep. once the wonder Franco thing buster. So once we get more mm-hmm. details from that and we figure out what the, what the future is of wonder Franco, which I'm assuming is not very good. Right. I'm thinking at that point, MLB is going to put their, draw their line in the sand and say, listen, this shit off the field, you know, the Trevor Bauer bullshit, Bauer, yeah. the wonder <laughs> Franco bullshit. Now we got the, the bullshit that Julio Urias and Marcelo mm-hmm. Zuna has done before. Mm-hmm. I think at that point, they're going to start blacklisting people 
So it's almost smart for the Dodgers to bring up. I'm glad that they're bringing up their young guns now to get them acclimated into that rotation because right. they they kind of have are relying on them to pitch good and be the future because once they come back, it's I mean, we don't know the future of Clayton Kershaw. So saying yeah. he's out after this year, just say I don't think he will be, but say he yeah. is. You got Walker Bueller and Bobby Miller, and that's kind of it. That's it. Yep. Yep. Man. Yep. Oh, geez. It's going to be, it's, it, I'm interested to right see. There. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, uh, the future of the Dodgers is, I would consider them one of the favorites going into the postseason. I love it, what Atlanta's doing. Obviously, they're the heavy favorite. Right. But I think the Dodgers, you could just never count the Dodgers out, especially with the way Freddie's playing and Mookie's playing. And, uh, but the pitching. Muncie. Yeah. Max Muncie. God, I love yep. Max Muncie. So, yep. but if your pitching's not there, you ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While that rhymed. Pitching's yep. not there. You're not going anywhere. There you go. Exactly. I'm a regular fucking Dr. Seuss over here. <laughs> right. Fucking Dr. Seuss. Ah, <laughs> uh, get that book ready. Selling yeah. millions. Yeah. No, sell no. Millions. You you need you need that pitching and you'd hate to waste, you know, these great years of, of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman because your pitching yep. just didn't come to come to the uh, table and deliver when they needed to. So Yeah, I, I think a smart man would have looked at this rotation a couple of years ago and say, mm-hmm. oh, you guys are going to have problems in mm-hmm. the next few years just because some of the ages of your pitching staff, uh, yep. especially the injuries that you guys have suffered. I remember Tony Gonsolin's been fighting it for a while, and mm-hmm. it's just... Um, I hear Rick Porcello is still available. <laughs> no, <laughs> <I'm just> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, anybody for... Uh... Well, because it seems like... You know, the Dodgers seem to poach a whole bunch of Boston players, especially from that 2018 uh, team there. You know, you got J.D. Right. Martinez, Mookie. Let's look at Rick Porcello over there, too. Right? Yeah. Well, I know they were bummed about losing Tyler Anderson last year or this mm-hmm. year uh, to, in free agency to yep. the Angels, I think. But yeah, Tyler Anderson didn't do fuck yeah. all with the Angels. So. Nope. But just goes to show if you're in the right system. How yeah. You're a better, better you know, player. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that, right? I mean, it yep. takes a system, which is usually under a good manager, and managers yep. can do, and a good pitching staff, so mm-hmm. which could usually change players around. So it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. Speaking of pitchers, the last little bit of our uh, headlines here, the Texas September showdown is upon us right now. It is, it is. So for yeah, tonight's game, we got uh, thanks, thanks to the New York Mets, we got Scherzer versus Verlander. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't think they'd be facing off against each other this year. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it, right? Thanks, Mets. Yeah, thanks, uh, Mets. But, uh, the Rangers are just in a spiral right now. I mean, yeah. uh, for, uh, free for all. I think the uh, the Astros went again last night. They plunk them around again. Two in a row, man. And they row. weren't pretty wins or they weren't nope. pretty losses by the <laughs> by the Rangers. Them around. 13 to 6 on Monday, <laughs> right? I mean, that yeah. one, I was watching a little bit of that game. Holy shit. And then the mm-hmm. top it off, it was like usually teams could bounce back from getting whipped that bad. Right. No, 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 no. The Rangers nope. say we're gonna double down on this. <laughs> exactly. And they get they get fucked hard the next yep. day by the Astros, yep. led by Framber Valdez, 14 to 1. Oh, gross! Altuve had a few home runs here. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the the Astros are showing why they're the darlings of the AL West here. You know, and why why they're you know they've had that stranglehold on that division for years. And the well, uh, Rangers are just uh, yeah. Well, they're dropping. They're, they're dropping they're fast. I mean, the, the Seattle's overtaking them now in the standings. They are, and you, know? you and I 
kind of have said this, and I know I've stood out and said you don't win with, you don't build a team behind Corey Seager Corey and Seager Marcus and Simeon. Yep. And that could be true, but I don't think it's really them that has let them down more than it has their pitching staff. Dude. Max Scherzer aside, right? I don't, I mean, Evaldi, I mean, Evaldi was coming on strong. We were thinking, okay, Evaldi's going to really take off for this team, but mm-hmm. um, I, there's some that are they're losing. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, it's not like this horrible pitching staff. I mean, you got Evaldi, you got you got Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, John Gray, and I believe Andrew Heaney. And these aren't like a bad, they're not bad, but when they give up games, they give up fucking games. Yep. yep. And if you're if you're not getting any run support, that's always huge. I mean, against the Astros in this series, they are getting no run support from their bats. But uh, at the same time, I mean, how can you pitch when you get no run support? But how can you hit without having any pitching support? So it's kind of a yep. give and take kind of thing. And right now, you're right, Steve. The the, the Rangers are spiraling down, and wow, wow. Uh-huh. And uh, they got to be kicking themselves because uh, I think uh, you know they traded Cole Reagans and a minor league outfielder to get Araldis Chapman. Now Cole Reagans with the Royals has had like the month of his life here. I think he had like forty something strikeouts for the month of August. Yeah, really could use that pitching, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but like you just said a, a couple minutes ago, you get in the right system. Yep. Yep, yep. Maybe maybe he wouldn't have done shit with the exactly. with the Rangers. And yeah. I don't know. It's it is interesting. It, it is uh, interesting. But I mean, you're seeing a team drop off and that could be the, the Dodgers, right? They could drop mm-hmm. off like the Rangers. But I don't I mean, the Dodgers could keep losing and still make the playoffs. I mean, they're just right. The, far and ahead. The Rangers are uh, they're tied with uh, Toronto now for that last wild card spot. So right. If they, if they keep spiraled, they're going to play themselves right out of the playoffs. That's exactly it. They they're third in the AL West. They're about four, what, four and six in their last ten. Yep. Yep. Uh it seems like they have trouble playing away games. Sounds like they're pretty mm-hmm. dominant at home, but away is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting to see. But hey, I I I'm I I'm all for Houston. I I, I like I said, I'll never count Houston out. Houston knows how to win. Yeah, it was looking mm-hmm. a little troublesome there, but they they reestablished that bullpen. They or their their rotation with Verlander. They got some guys healthy, and then yep. look at look at they're back and swing in the swing of things yep. from last yep. year. So, Man. yeah, they I, count them out. They're like the Patriots, like you always say. Can't Tom count Brady, them out. Tom Brady Man. with the Patriots you can't count yeah. them out. Yeah, they're just yeah. built right. You top it off with the Chef's kiss with Dusty Baker. Mm-hmm. I, I just <laughs> I can't count out that team and. As much as I like the Orioles and Rays, there's not a lot of playoff experience nope. in the Orioles. Uh, even the Minnesota Twins, this team hasn't right. really done shit in, in the postseason. So heading into the playoffs, I'm actually again, huh? <laughs> right. I'm I'm actually more confident the about the Astros than yeah. I am even the Rays or the Orioles. So mm-hmm. or any of the other teams. So yeah, I just it, it is the Astros to lose in the West. Nope. Um, and Seattle, good for them. Uh, good for yeah. them for coming on strong in the end, too. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, man, September. Whew. Yeah, yeah. September baseball. Justin Verlander going against Scherzer tonight. And I don't see. I I mean, obviously, the Rangers are due. You put the ball yeah, in Scherzer's hands. Like, anything uh, could happen. But Verlander yeah. is Verlander still Verlander. Been great since he, especially since he's got Mecca. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, he just hasn't skipped a beat. So he's gotten better. Right, he's so, actually has gotten better now that he feels you know back at home, so to speak. You yeah, know? yeah. So, 
Speaking of pitchers, uh, everybody, this is the final forgotten series of the season. Uh, we usually Man, do about three years. We are. We are, which is pretty crazy. Let's see. The first uh, one this year, we did Josh Gibson. Josh Gibson. Then we Love did Denny, that, Mc- yeah. Denny McClain. Yep. Right. And then this week, we have Hideo Nomo. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Nomo as a kid, man, watching such a unique pitching style. Yeah. Well, he was our Otani yeah, at first when he came in yep. the league. Yeah. Yep, that's true. So we are starting our last forgotten series of the season, not ever, but for the season <laughs> with uh, another pitcher, and that is Hideo Nomo. I mean, this guy was equally great in the MPB. He was yep. equally great in the first three years, I want to say, in the Major League Baseball. And he has his place. (laughs) Yeah, he has his place in baseball history. Right. I mean, obviously, you look at his accolades. He's had amazing accolades for the MPB all star. He was only one time all star, which I didn't realize. Um, For for MLB. Yeah. yeah, That 95 season was arguably his best season. Dude, I remember that like it was yesterday coming off the strike. We have everyone, you know, similar to similar to Fernando Fever for the the older folks from the uh, the early '80s. I felt yeah. Nomo Fever there in '95. Yeah, you know, man, strike. He's one of those things that we needed for baseball. He was, um, and he was just it was it was fun to watch. I still have some of my Hideo Nomo Dodger cards from uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, so uh, yeah, just such a a unique delivery and just such a, a fun player to watch. He had a uh, uh, you know, he threw, I remember, a, a, a no-hitter. And in all places, he threw a no-hitter in Colorado. How do you throw a no-hitter in Coors Field, right? <laughs> I know, right? You know? But yeah. just, uh, do you remember his time with the Tigers? Hideo's time with the Tigers? Yeah. That little yeah. short stint he had in yeah, the 2000, 2000. season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually excited when they brought him in. I did. I was, too. I was, too. Yeah, it's like, we got Juan Gonzalez. We got Dean Palmer. We got Hideo Nomo. This is going to be great. He was going to solidify, and it was yeah. weird because he didn't really have a great season, like a four seventy four ERA. But then the next season, he killed it. Yeah, he signed with Boston, right? Yeah, he signed with Boston. Yep, and he had an yep. amazing season. Well, yep. I mean, I wouldn't say amazing. A four four five ERA is not better great. than a, his four fifty ERA. <laughs> but but he but he but he was a workhorse. He didn't yep. get injured. Mm-hmm. He was basically he led the league in strikeouts that year two twenty, yep. but nothing comes close to what he did in 95. He broke out on the scene as a 26-year-old. Now, most Japanese stars, when they do come over, right. it's at the it's when they're already progressing in their careers. Yep, yep. But he kind of opened the floodgates, right? I mean, after yep. him, we started seeing, I mean, you Darvish, Kenta Maeda. We can even go further back than that. Mashiro Tanaka, Hiroki yep. Kuroto, Hideki Matsui, Sweet. and, of course, yeah. the great Ichiro Suzuki. Yep, yep. Man, he I mean, was, he was, uh, I think when he came in, he was, was he the, the second Japanese pitcher in Major League history? I think there was a pitcher with the Giants back in the 60s. Right. And he came in, so he's the second uh, uh, Japanese uh, pitcher to, uh, to come into the Major Leagues, I believe. Yeah. Um, yep. But yep. like you said, yeah, he opened the door to many more uh, uh, Japanese players that come into Major League Baseball since then. So, you know, he's always going to be grateful for that. Yeah. But, um, you know, just an unbelievable record uh, with the NPB. I mean, 78 and 46, ERA is still over three. Um, just kind of, you know, had a, a couple great, you know, he hit the ground running there with the Dodgers. Like you said, that 95 season all-star, 
right. rookie of the year, ERA, two, five, four. But, you know, and then that second year, he didn't pitch bad either. 96, 16 and 10, 3.19 ERA, pitched 228 innings that year. But mm-hmm. after that, he couldn't get uh, his ERA under four. You know, it's like a, it, he had such an interesting mechanics that, you know, with video, I think people just started to figure out how he was going to pitch based on, you know, that, that mechanic he got predictable, so to speak. So. He did get predictable for sure. I mean, his best pitch was the fork ball. Yep. Right. And then he had this tornado wind up, which he would, it was kind of cool because he would, I love the way, and that was my first exposure Mm -hmm. to how different Japanese players played and their Mm -hmm. techniques that they would do compared to American players and and just any other players in the world. And his would, you know how Marshall had that that leg that went to the sky? Well, uh, Nomo would basically do kind of like a wind up. He would kind of go, mm-hmm. which Max Scherzer kind of has a little bit, but he did this wind up thing where he would kind of cock his leg, his left leg up, and then he would kind of twirl it back, and then to where his his whole like like he's looking at you still with his yeah, eyes at the plate, yeah. but his back was to you, yep. and his leg would be kind of like I said, his knee would be almost to his chin, and then he would just wind up and throw it. Uh, Johnny Cueto, that was a, a pitcher mm. I'm thinking of who kind of mm-hmm. had a similar. But Johnny Cueto's is more upright. It's more like a toy, like a wind up toy where mm-hmm. each, uh, where Nomo basically had this really tornado kind of kind of vibe to him. But what a great pitcher early on. I remember when he broke on the scene that first year, he was just unstoppable. I, I believe yeah. they had Mike Piazza on that team. They had Raul Mondesi. I love that mm-hmm. team. I that was too. a that was a cool Dodger team yep. and. He ended the year with 236 strikeouts. Uh, he had three shutouts, which I believe led the league. And he, at that time, he had four complete games, which pitchers barely get complete games now. Right. <laughs> uh, he won Rookie of the Year. He was fourth in the Cy Young voting. Obviously, got his first uh, and only All Star nod as well. But yep. he was just a uh, 13 and six record. And it, and that's not where it stopped. It kind of went on for a three year stretch from '95 to '97. It was all double digit wins, 16 and 11. In 96, 14, and 12, in 97 as well. So, I don't know. He was just, and he brought it. He brought it. He pitched over 230 strikeouts in each, uh, all three of those years. Yep. And then you started seeing a little bit of a drop-off. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a drop-off after that. And then it just got progressively worse. And um, kind of going back from the late 90s. And then there was that resurgence there again in 01. In 2001. Just, yep. Yeah. Yep, where he yeah. uh, was able to get over 200 strikeouts again, and you know pitched his second, you know, and final no hitter, and uh, yep. you know just uh, kind of left Boston for a wrong time. He uh, was done after 2003, and then uh, they won the World Series in 2004. <laughs> well, I think he kind of left. He kind of left the. Uh, he kind of left the Dodgers in a weird way because, mm-hmm. right? Because he played. Let's see, 95 to 97. Right. And then yep, 95, 97. Yeah. 95, 97 with them. And then after that, it was yeah, just. He was, yeah. It was traded. It looks like midway through the 98. Right. Yep. Which I didn't understand why the Dodgers like go of them. Maybe they seen something that we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, he got off to a two and seven start. And then I think the Dodgers are like, all right, we've had enough here. Maybe they're seeing the, the signs of, uh, you know, things to come. And so they dealt him out to uh, the Mets. Yeah. Um, which is just wild that yeah. a guy. I mean, maybe they, his '97 performance, the four, 
the 4.25 ERA they didn't like, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's he was at the time he ended up going into what was it the 98 season with a thousand strikeouts, which is at that time the, the third wow. fastest player to ever do so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, but it was kind of downhill from that point forward after yeah. the amazing three years. Yep, yep. I mean, he bounced back. Had a you know. 12 and 8 record with Milwaukee in uh, in 99 but then again like like we're talking about the ERA was bloated 4.54 mm-hmm. so you know ugh. so kind of a you know in 2000 uh you know coming back there with the Dodgers uh in 2003 I mean he was 16 13 ERA a little over a little over 3 you know so it's like okay you know yeah. but still just couldn't yeah get that magic back so to speak he couldn't get that magic back, but I think more so with Nomo. Where, where's Nomo's place in history, right? And if I thought Nomo's place in history, it's kind of what we talked about at the beginning of this segment, was baseball kind of needed him after the strike. They did. They yeah. needed something like that. And I have a couple quotes here from an old LA Times article that I was able to find from uh, Bob Nightingale was the writer of this article. And he interviewed... <clears throat> A bunch of people about the importance of no of, of having Hideo Nomo here, and mm-hmm. it was the cover story was it was a cover story on Nomo that he did, and the title of it was just how big is Hideo Nomo, and then it says his first season in America went way beyond mania, and mm-hmm. then uh, so I, I have a couple quotes here. So one, Bob Bud Seelig was interviewed for this article and for this cover piece, and he said, and I quote, Nomo might have been the best thing that happened to baseball this year. This is a 95. Baseball needs good human interest stories, and the number one story in baseball has been Nomo. And then his teammates, he had Todd Todd Worrell. I remember Todd Worrell. Ah, Todd Worrell, yeah. He's a trip back. He says baseball needs Nomo. He brought excitement back into the game, and certainly to Los Angeles. He's helping restore a a lot of luster this game has lost. We should take advantage of it. So, when I look at Nomo's history and while his career did flame out I look at the importance of what he brought to the game after the strike and also he entered was kind of a gateway like we said at the beginning of the segment for other Japanese players to come in and say that it's okay that you can come to America and you can succeed in this game and get paid millions and people will love you yeah I mean that was with with Nomo he was he was from Osaka Japan and he was like their hero as mm-hmm. well. And they didn't want to, he didn't want him, they, nobody wanted him to leave Japan. Yeah. And a lot of people thought that, that was a bad idea. But he came over here for, for money and to play the best. But he would say that it's the best baseball in the world. And that's what right, he wanted right. to play. And he used to get, from what I read, he used to get like a kick out of calling the local pizza joints. He used to have this home in West Los Angeles. And he used to, uh, he would just get a kick out of calling the local uh, pizza joints. And when they knew it was him calling, he would just say, oh, the usual, you know, and <laughs> it did come to him. And uh, and it, the first year, he wasn't really noticed until the mania of Nomo started. And then he couldn't. It was kind of like Otani. I mean, he couldn't walk anywhere. Right. In right. Public without being <laughs> without being bombarded Mob, by yeah. tons of players yep. or by tons of fans. So. That's kind of how I looked at him anyways. I mean, it's different in a Tim Lincecum, right? We look at like Tim Lincecum, Mm -hmm. where Tim Lincecum dropped out. He was in our Forgotten series from last year. Right. Tim Lincecum 
had a Hall of Fame career going and that just fell through his fingers, no matter yep. how many World Series and Cy Youngs and stuff. It was just you couldn't. Uh, he he just couldn't. He couldn't come back from that. Nomo, yep. I think there was a point where Nomo became kind of like a. Who do I want to say? Kind of like a God. Uh, I'd say like a Josh Beckett kind of pitcher. Like he, mm-hmm. he was good. He had his good, his good points. He had his good moments, but mostly he had like a short window of being great. And when right, that window, right. when that window closed, that was kind of the end of his career. She certainly, he played 12 years in the league. He certainly won't go to the hall of fame. He's in the Japanese hall of fame because he was a legend out there. But in the end, Steve, I think Nomo, I think we don't think about Nomo a lot. We don't, consider him just all he's done for baseball mm-hmm. in terms of the Japanese players be kind of opening the gate for more Japanese players and also bringing some happiness back into yep. baseball after the strike. A lot of people put that on the home run chase of 98 as being that, but really it kind of started with Nomo in yep. my opinion. Yep. I agree. I agree. He's what we needed here uh, coming out of the strike. So yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he was at that time. It, they weren't like amazing Dodger teams. I mean, no, they weren't like horrible Dodger teams either. Right. I used to love the Piazza led Dodgers, but mm-hmm. they weren't like we're seeing today, of course. And it sure as shit wasn't the late 80s Dodgers. No, no. no I was like that. Yeah. I mean, they had that bridge, the gap between Hershiser. I mean, they had, you know, not bad Dodger teams, but. Not the Dodger teams that we've been seeing the last decade or so. It's kind of, you know, that 10 to 15 year gap of, you know, you know, pretty good talent on the field, but not World Series caliber talent on the field. So, yeah. And oh, yeah. And that Japanese player that you said that debuted, that yeah. was in 64, 64. And his name was Masanori Murakami. There we go. Okay. Masanori okay. Murakami. For the Giants. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. Very cool. I, I just, it, you know, one reason I wanted to pick Nomo is just because he did. He had that short window of greatness. He had a little bit of spurt in 01, which yep. is heavily overshadowed by right. September 11th stuff. But right. But before that, it was that three-year, 95, 96, 97, where there was just this mania about him where, oh, my God, we have the next best fucking thing in the world here because he was. Yep. He was a dominant pitcher. And that for those first two years, I'd say or some of the best baseball the Dodgers played with him under in that time with him. So, uh, yep, yep. yeah, he was fun. He was a fun watch. I remember, like I said, he was our uh, Otani when we were kids. Correct. Correct. So, yep. Wow. Man. Thank you. Hideo Nomo. Yeah. Thank you. Hideo Nomo. <laughs> so are you ready for some factor fantasy factory this week? I am. Let's do it. So yeah, we're pushing for the playoffs here, right? A lot of the leagues is the last uh, tune-up week here before the playoffs kick off. So. Yep, yep. I got my. Uh, well, I'm. I'm already going to be in the playoffs. You're vying well, good for, for you. All right, no. you're vying for a playoff spot. I'm right? vying for the last spot. Uh, I just need to make sure that my week goes well and I don't get my ass kicked. And uh, the person that's behind me doesn't kick someone's ass. I think he's actually playing you, um, mm. and then I'll be able to clinch that last uh, last spot so 
what Steve needs. Steve just needs a hope and a fucking prayer. Exactly. Right After missing missing last year, I kind of I need, I need this. So Steve you know. needs this. Oh yeah, that's right. You did miss the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah. It's Damn. a rarity. Damn. Yep. Me missing the playoffs. I don't like it to happen that often. So so he's going through his Yankees stage. Yeah, exactly. 2023 Yankees, 2022 Yankees. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, finish strong. And once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. So anything could play happen. That's the great thing about playoffs in any fucking sport and any fantasy. Yep. It's yep. you only need that one game. You know, there's no yep, series exactly. in fantasy. So exactly. <laughs> you just need that one game to fucking <laughs> succeed. You yep, win it so. and anything could happen. So here's hoping. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. This week. We have a question from a man named Paul Member out of Beaumont, Texas. Okay. Uh, Paul Member asks, I'm on the edge of making the playoffs, but I'm neck and neck with a team. I win and I'm basically in. Using your strategy, dumping pitchers to get fresh arms to try to win various pitching categories. If I have to, do I sacrifice good pitchers to the pool to make playoffs or do I ride or die with what I have? That's a great question, Paul. I feel like I'm in a similar situation as you. Like we just talked about earlier, once you're in the playoffs, anything uh, anything can happen, but you have to get in there. So if you have a pitcher on your staff, say a Dylan Cease that's just been sucking and you've mm-hmm. been riding this guy all year and you know he just hasn't been pitching that well, by all means, throw out the deck chairs. Treat this week as, uh, you know, if you're on the fringe of making the playoffs, treat this week like a playoff week and do whatever you have to do to get in there. You, know, mm-hmm. you have to chuck the deck chairs out. Now I'm not saying drop an ace or anything like that. You know, like you know, top of the staff rotation guys to you know in order to get as many pitchers in as you can. But yeah, if you uh you know have to dump a few just to get yourself into that spot, you do what you got to do to get in. So I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, anything could happen in the playoffs. So whatever you can yeah. do to get in the playoffs, do it. Exactly. You know, once you're in, anything can happen. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, thanks, Paul. Thanks for that. I mean, yeah, it's thank you. yeah. I mean, w- when it comes to the playoffs, uh, you kind of gotta. Yeah, it's about getting in first. You get in, mm-hmm. and then, like you said, anything can happen. And then, it's an interesting strategy uh, with the playoffs because if you go farther in the playoffs, you could start dumping players just to win, right? Certain games, but I mean, you also got to hold on to your stars. But it is. Yep. I feel like pitchers are more expendable. I uh, listening to last week's episode. You said, which it holds true where the game's going, a fantasy mm-hmm. game is going, I should say. You said that you would never draft a pitcher in the top five of the fantasy draft, let alone a first round. And you said because there's so there's so many of them. That, yeah. and, and the thing is, you're you're exactly right. I mean, there's so it just shows you how much the 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 position, while it is valued, it, mm-hmm. it's there you you can still find successful pitchers. Exactly. By picking them out of the pool or even if you're drafting later on in the draft, you don't need those number one guys. I mean, God, I got Sandy um, uh, Alcantara fifth round and he mm-hmm. sucked ass this year. And it, and yeah. he was a guy who won the Cy Young last year. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe I got him fourth round. But so it, it just shows you anything could happen. I've seen first. I've seen Justin Verlander. I think he got picked in the first round this year. I can't remember. Yep. And he Definitely started so. the year horribly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to sacrifice pitchers, do it, right? I mean, that's exactly. it makes sense to sacrifice pitchers because they're a dime a dozen, a lot of mm-hmm. them. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
do what you got to do to get in. So exactly. Steve's on that. Do what you got to do. Do what what you got to do now. Just do it. Do it now. All right. Get in there. Get in there. Worry about it. All right. Yeah. Once you're in, worry about it then. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Are you ready for some starter sit this week? Oh, I'm ready. Let's uh, let's cue the music. Okay, starting out this week, Steve, who are you starting? Adley Rushman or GT Real Muto? Give me Adley Rushman. Real Muto again or Will Smith? Will Smith. Jose Devers or Jose Ramirez? Jose uh, Devers, me... Rafael Devers or Jose Ramirez? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jose Devers sounds like a great player, too. Yeah. Uh, give me... Uh... Give me uh, Ramirez. Yeah, there's a Jose Devers place for the Miami Marlins. Uh, Devers again or Royce Lewis, third base? Royce Lewis. Jose Abreu or Christian Walker, first base? Christian Walker. Juan Soto or Luis Robert? Juan Soto. Soto again or Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger, both doing really good. Mookie Betts. Uh, Betts again, last time I promise, or (laughs) Corbin Carroll? Give me Mookie Betts again. Whit Merrifield or Ahmed Rosario, second base. Whit Merrifield's still playing. Uh, give me Ahmed Rosario. Hey, man, he's one of the best players on that. On the yeah, that's true. That's true. Sometimes they I forget just, he's still around. Yeah, I feel like he's been around forever, but he's not actually that like crazy cool. old. Um, Seo Suzuki or Kyle Tucker outfield? Tucker. Tucker again or Bryce Harper utility or, utility or outfield? Bryce Harper. Kyle Schwarber or Andrew Vaughn outfield? Andrew Vaughn. Noah Shanuel or Gabriel uh, Arias? Shanuel. Uh, Davis Schneider or Eduardo Julian, the second base? Davis Schneider. Julian again or Josh Rojas? Josh Rojas. Uh, rookie here, Mason Wynn or old reliable Chris Taylor, shortstop? Mason Wynn. Okay, and Battle of the Young shortstops, Mason Wynn again or Geraldo per- Perdomo? Uh, Perdomo. Brett Batty or Patrick Wisdom, third base? Patrick Wisdom. Ramon Lariano or Jock Peterson, outfield? Lariano. And last but not least, Jason Dominguez or Andrew Stevenson, outfield? Jason Dominguez. What do we got for waiver wire? Uh, So here's three players I'm looking on the waiver wire this week that you might be interested in picking up to help your team for the uh, playoff push. Uh, first is Jose Quintana. He's up uh, for the Mets. He's up 11% in Yahoo leagues. He pitched six shutout innings last week with five strikeouts. Uh, second is Mitch Garber out of Texas. He's up 7% in Yahoo leagues. He hit 389 last week with four dingers and seven RBIs and also six walks. So he's uh, getting on base. Third is uh, Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs. He's up 9% in Yahoo leagues. Pitched uh, six innings last week of shutout baseball and had six strikeouts. So those are the three players I'm looking at this week for the waiver wire. Nice. Yeah. Shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Up this week for me is, well, big game Joe Carter. Did it, Joe? Yeah. Been a while since we talked about some Joe Carter. Yeah. Uh, he's up $4.25. That's an 80.19% increase. Market price right now sits around $9.55. Some cards you can get, which I believe I have them all. There's 91 Fleer, 525. 92 Upper Deck Hologram, 26. And his 1984 Dunross Rookie Card, number 41. Uh, down for me is one of the best players on the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the best for their future. Their reliever closer, uh, David Bednar. Okay. Okay. Now he's down. You. He's down this week, unfortunately, but 
It's not, it's a crazy decrease too, but I don't see it lasting long. I think it's just his cards are down because they're just not buying. <laughs> uh, but I, don't, I don't, I think it's more to do with the Pittsburgh Pirates and not David Bednar. But right now he's down $36.54. It's a 91.91% decrease. Market price right now sits around $3.21. So that's kind of a shock value. Mostly all of his rookies went down. But uh, the stuff you can get on the cheap that are probably some of his best are his 23 tops gold stars, 553. His 2020 Stadium Club Chrome rookie card X Factor and his 23 tops pristine. Okay. Uh, up for me this week is uh, Hideo Nomo. Of nineteen dollars sixty five cents or seventy seven hundred seventy six point six eight percent increase to a market value of twenty two dollars and eighteen cents. Up cards include two thousand five Topps Heritage Short Print number thirty and nineteen ninety five Select Certified Rookie Card number ninety eight. Uh, down for me this week is Kerry uh, Carpenter. He is down five dollars and thirty eight cents or sixty point five nine percent decrease to a market value of three dollars fifty cents. Just looking at rookies here for Kerry Carpenter. Uh, those cards include 2023 Tops Rainbow Foil Rookie Card, number 394, and his 2023 Tops Pristine, number 204. Now, would you look at that? Yeah. <laughs> Shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It's a happy heavenly birthday to White Sox great and Hall of Famer Red Faber, born on September the 6th of 1888. Nice. Faber's stats include... Uh, 254 wins, a 3.15 ERA, 1,471 career strikeouts. Spent his entire career with the Chicago White Sox from 1914 uh, to 1933. Uh, stats include a uh, World Series championship in 2000, or sorry, 2000, 1917 and a two-time AL ERA leader, 1921-1922. He also did not take part in the Black Sox scandal. I guess he was uh, injured and did not play in the World Series that year. So uh, he was not a part of uh, the Black Sox uh, uh, during that uh, that World Series scandal there. Yeah, but he got a front row seat. Oh, he totally did. Yeah. <laughs> well, Triviano, at the time of his retirement, he was the last legal spitballer in the American League. Another legal spitballer, uh, Burley Grimes, was later traded to the AL and appeared in 10 games for the Yankees in 1934. So happy birthday, Red Faber. Wish they'd bring back the old spitball. Right, they should, man. The old get all get all that stuff back at the Vaseline on the uh, the hat oh, yeah. and stuff, oh, man. They should just do like one season where everything's legal. Everything's oh jeez. <laughs> you imagine the clusterfuck that would be? Oh my gosh, get like, the nail nail files out and shit. <laughs> it would be. It would be. I'd want to almost see how what that season would look like because <laughs> so everything's legal on the yep. pitching side and even on the hitting side, like. Like bats, loaded bats are legal. Uh, yep, steroids yep, are legal oh, for one ster- year. Steroids are legal for one year. I wonder what baseball would look like in oh, that season. Oh my god, bring back! You know, you can pine tear the hell out of your bat, right? <laughs> I mean, think about it. If they brought everything back, the balls and the there bats. is no side that has crazy amount of of an uh, of a leverage because, right, right? I mean, even the stuff that they were doing to baseballs back then, holy shit! Mm-hmm. You know? Oh my god, it'd be something else. Oh Doctrine. my god. Doctor in the fields. Remember Ty Cobb at Tiger Stadium? He'd tell the grounds crew to get like uh like extra water in front of a home home well, plate. So, so when like, he slaps down a ball, yeah. Exactly. It just stays. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Which is kind of crazy, right? Because if there's no spin, if it just drops down. Yeah, they should be able to pick it up and throw, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. But 
but it may, I, I get both sides. But the dead ball era, I'm sure that was more of an advantage mm-hmm. than a moving yeah, ball. But I think so. That is interesting. That that would be totally. I, I'd <laughs> sign up. I'd be like, can you imagine fantasy? <laughs> oh my god, man! Holy shit! Oh, that'd be great. You'd see uh, insane stats too. It'd be like so mm-hmm. one sided one way, and then mm-hmm. like so low the other way. It'd be crazy. Oh man! Yeah, man. It'd be all time. That's a fucking show. That is a show. Yeah, man. So that is our last forgotten series of the season. So now we're kind of going into, well, teams making playoff playoff pushes. I mean, by next week, we're going to be seeing where the Houston Astros and that AOS, man, it's going to be really close. We're going to see maybe a Dodger drop off. Uh, Things are getting uglier for the Yankees. And uh, Nestor Cortez probably out for the season now. Keep an eye on that NL Central with the Cubs and the Brewers there as well. So yeah, yeah they got stuff uh, going on. Cincinnati still making a push for the playoffs. Probably not the division, but you know, right got that wild card aspirations. So. Jesus, the Orioles and the Rays still going at it. I mean, nope. Orioles are kind of like, or not the Orioles, but the Rays in a way are their pitching staff has been kind of like the Dodgers, mm-hmm. just depleting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Just wow, man. Yep, yep. absolutely oh, yeah. crazy. Oh, we're here. We're here. We'll be here for it. Yeah, exactly. Every step of the way. Every fucking step of the way. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, you can reach uh, us for questions. Steven.Ford02 or Michael J. Dalt. I'll just do it Instagram. DM us. That's the way to do it. But uh, in the meantime, let's get out of here, Steve. And we will catch you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.